Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 29 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Can you believe that we've just got days left of 2018? It feels like this year went by in a blink, but at the same time, I experienced so much and have tons of lessons to show for the good, the bad, the ugly. And of course, you know that I'm always super honest about my wins and my struggles. So today we're going to talk about it all. And we're going to talk about 18 lessons that I've learned during 2018. And odds are you're really going to relate to at least a few of them because we're really not that different. And I'm excited to share these with you. But first, let's of course do the review of the week. This one is from BHF Digital. And they said, Marie's podcast is killer confetti emoji. I absolutely love this podcast. Marie shares so much great insight into so many different areas of life. Girl, you seriously kill it and inspire me daily with this podcast. I love it so much and look forward to listening to new episodes on the reg purple heart emoji. (laughs) I love the emojis. They just always spice up whatever you're writing. So thank God for that invention. And 2018 brought us a lot of new emojis, you know, like I just appreciate the variety and being able to express myself more completely through emojis. But anyway, BHF Digital, I don't know your name, but thank you so much. I really appreciate you and the fact that my podcast can inspire you and just bring you new thoughts, new resources, new motivation means the world to me. So thank you so much for listening and for leaving a review. You actually just won yourself a limited edition Grinding Be Grateful t-shirt. So once you hear this, go ahead and DM me on Instagram, which is at Marie E. Wold to let me know that you heard it and I'll get your size and your shipping info. And if you're listening right now, now and you're not the review of the week, you can get a chance at being the review of the week by leaving the show a rating and a review on iTunes. And you might just be featured and be the proud new owner of a limited edition Grind and Be Grateful t-shirt that aren't even for sale right now. So leaving a review literally takes one minute but makes my entire day. So thank you in advance if you do so. Also, please do not take a shot every time I say the word review because you will die in this episode or you will already be dead at this point. So anyway, leave a review. All it takes, that's another one. All it takes is searching the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Find the ratings and reviews. There's it. There it is again. Find the ratings and reviews section and add your own. So with that being said, Love the ratings, love the reviews. Thank you, BHF Digital, for yours. This week's show is brought to you by my favorite skincare company, Tula. Before switching over to Tula completely at the beginning of 2018, I had never used products like theirs. And within just a couple of weeks, I saw a noticeable difference in my skin. And trust me, I had tried so many things. I had tried drugstore. I had tried super high-end that my mom used and she shared with me. Like I had tried so much stuff and I didn't necessarily have acne or really serious pimples or anything like that. But my skin texture was not good. I was super dehydrated. I didn't have that 
that glow that we all want. And I just knew that there had to be something better. And so I guess that's a bonus lesson for 2018. Skincare matters. And what's actually so special about Tula is that they use probiotics as the foundation for all of their products. And probiotics have been proven to help promote the look of skin's natural balance, locking in moisture to leave your complexion more hydrated and reducing the appearance of inflammation. And I can definitely say that that has proven true for me. And not only are the probiotics incredible for your skin, but Tula also only uses clean, clinically proven, high quality ingredients that nourish your skin and are cruelty free. So I can totally get behind that. You guys know that I'm extremely picky about what goes in and on my body. So I'm really grateful to have found products that work and have really great ingredients. If you want to learn more about Tula products, they have a super awesome skin quiz on their website that will make building a skincare regimen super easy and straightforward. So head on over to Tula.com and check everything out. And then once you figure out your regimen and what you need, don't forget to use code Marie at checkout and that will save you 20% on your entire order. And again, the website is T-U-L-A.com and the 20% off code is Marie, just my name, M-A-R-I-E. And that will give you 20% off your order. Thank you so much, Tula, for being a partner. And without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right, guys. So because this is a solo show, you'll have to forgive me if I ever sound out of breath (laughs) because that happens to me all the time when I'm recording YouTube videos, when I'm recording solo podcasts, like... I just talk way too fast and I forget to breathe. So I'm going to take a deep breath (laughs) before we get started and we're going to jump right into it. The 18 lessons that I learned in 2018 and just kind of chronologically, this makes sense that the first lesson is that your environment is everything. So at the beginning of 2018, I made the big move from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas. And now I'm a Minnesota girl born and raised, but in 2017, I moved to Los Angeles, gave it a try. It was not for me and made the move to Los Angeles. And I don't think that your environment necessarily makes you feel a certain way or makes you do certain things, but it can be a mirror or like a magnifying glass for what's already inside of you. So for me, Los Angeles brought out a lot of things that did not feel good, like anxiety, feeling just really unproductive and lost, and feeling also that I like wasn't valued as a person. So in Los Angeles, Obviously, everyone or mostly everyone is there for like a reason. People are there for a very specific purpose and everyone wants to make it, whatever that looks like for them. And so when I went out there, I still had a lot of unanswered questions as far as what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, what impact I wanted to have, all of those things. And so that led me to feeling super anxious, like I wasn't ever doing enough, like I wasn't moving fast enough. And I also just didn't feel super valued as like an individual because a big thing for Los Angeles is networking and everyone's just trying to climb a ladder. And if they step on you on the way up, like whatever, that's part of the game. And there is also a magic as far as like everyone's super ambitious and motivated and driven. But for me, I really like having a community and I really like having people that value me for me, not just what I do for work or what I can offer them. And so that those are kind of the things that I felt like were magnified about myself when I was in Los Angeles. And I didn't really like those particular qualities. Whereas here in Austin, it has a much more like laid back 
balanced vibe, but people here are still super ambitious. People are super welcoming at the same time. So it's been super easy to make friends and it's just been a much better environment. And the aspects of myself that it magnifies are a lot more positive than what I found magnified in Los Angeles. And again, that just comes down to like my personality, what my goals are, what I care about. And that's not to say Los Angeles is a bad place or you're weird for liking it, but it just personally wasn't a good fit for me or my boyfriend. We both felt very much the same way, whereas Austin is a much better fit. So that move and just seeing what a difference it made, like moving from LA to here has really taught me that your environment is huge. And again, it doesn't necessarily make you do anything or make you feel a certain way, but it can magnify or mirror certain things that are already within yourself or that are already like predisposed for you. And I just felt like moving to Austin was one of the best decisions I could have ever made. And I'm really thankful for that. So that was number one, your environment is everything. Lesson number two is to constantly seek discomfort. And this year was a huge year of doing things that scared me from moving to a city that I had only visited once. Yes, I visited Austin in like Thanksgiving of 20. 17 because my parents moved here early 2017 so we visited them and like loved it here and then we decided to move here two months later (laughs) other things I did that scared me were I invested super heavily in my business like I joined a mastermind I hired team members I paid for all sorts of courses and things like that like I just showed the f up for my business financially time-wise energy-wise and that's really scary it's not comfortable to take things to the next level I also launched new offers opened new things like my group mentorship program, things like that. And that's always really scary because you're like, I don't know if people are going to like it. I don't know if it's going to necessarily bring all the results that I wanted. I don't know if it's going to feel good for me. That's always scary because you put so much time and energy and make big promises to people that you really want to hold up. But you know, it always works out in the end, but it's always scary. I also started this podcast, which was basically like starting a whole another business. And it's been a wild ride. Other things, I got a therapist, which really forced me to look more deeply inside myself and like face stuff that I've been kind of avoiding. And then I've also just tried a lot of new things. And part of that has been like moving to a new city and just wanting to experience everything Austin has to offer and going new places, meeting new people, and just leaving my comfort zone in that area because I'm very much like, I have hermit tendencies. Like I could stay at home and watch TV or play game like Nintendo Switch. I love Nintendo Switch. I could play that, hang out with my dog and my cat and my boyfriend and like hang out on the internet all day, every day. But I really forced myself to try new things and get out of my comfort zone. And my encouragement for you there is to really pay attention to what gives you those nervous butterflies and then follow them because the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. And the more I lean into those butterflies and the uncertainty and the discomfort, the more magic is happening in my life. So 2018 was just a really big year of like following the butterflies and really it's like where you learn grow and have experiences that mold you though that's not the same place as what's going to be comfortable so you have to get outside of your comfort zone and for a lot of 2018 it wasn't even me just like tiptoeing across that line out of my comfort zone it was like cannonballing outside my comfort zone and that taught me so so much 
Lesson number three was that time spent learning is never wasted. And so I always see like really successful people say that one of their keys to success is reading. And I didn't take that super seriously until I guess like midway through 2017, but 2018, I like fully bought into it and jumped in. And, you know, like Warren Buffett, for example, he reads 500 plus pages a day, like up to a thousand pages a day. And Bill Gates reads one book a week, like name anyone that's super highly successful in their field. And they probably read a shit ton. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, this is super common, like a common denominator. And there has to be a reason for that. And so I started making a point to read more books, setting aside more time to read. I even got a Kindle, which has been really fun. And I also read books for fun as well on there. And then I've also listened to a ton of podcasts this year. I love podcasts and audiobooks for when I'm in the car doing chores or walking. It's kind of like passive multitasking. So when you're doing something else that doesn't require a lot of brain power, you can learn through listening. And I think just exposing yourself to new ideas is so, so crucial. Like if you are only talking to the same 10 people going to the same 10 places, only listening to music or, you know, you haven't read since high school, then you're not getting exposed to new ideas. And without new ideas, you can't really grow as a person. So reading and listening to podcasts has been absolutely invaluable to me. And keep in mind, the reason why I said time spent learning is never wasted is because even if you're learning something that doesn't directly impact you right now, let's say you're reading it for fun, because it's assigned to you, or just because it piqued your interest. It's an investment in your future and who you're becoming and the more well read you get and the more perspectives you try on, then you're just better off for the future. And it's really an investment into being more cultured, being more well read, having more perspectives and just being able to form opinions for yourself. Because you're, if you're reading a lot, you're probably getting a lot of different perspectives and you can kind of decide what fits with you and what doesn't. So that was number three, time spent learning is never wasted. Number four is that play isn't optional. And this one has been so, so hard for me because my personality, I'm super achievement oriented. I really want to smash all my goals. I want to accomplish all the things, do all the things. But that sort of mentality and personality has brought myself to the point of burnout and near burnout a couple times this year. And that is like one of the worst feelings because as a goal oriented person, when you burn yourself out, you literally cannot do anything. Like you don't have the energy or brain space to even care about anything. And that is so weird for me and so not okay and so uncomfortable for me. So burning out has taught me a lot and reminded me that I'm not a machine. I can't like grind 24 7, 365, I need to rest, I need to play because work will always be there. And one of the major ways that I introduced play into my year was taking real vacations. And I like, I think the last three years, I probably haven't really taken a true vacation. I'm blessed to travel a lot for my job. But usually, even if I'm in a really cool place, I'll be constantly creating content, constantly checking my email, constantly working on projects, things like that. And so it's really cool to be able to travel while you work, but that doesn't so much give you a chance to recharge. So I had the opportunity to take two full weeks off, almost full off in July. And I went to a vacation ranch in Colorado and rode horses up in the Rocky Mountains. And that I did last year as well. And it's just like the most magical experience, unplugging, being in nature. There's like no cell service there. And that was so rejuvenating. And then I went to Cabo with a few of my best girlfriends. And we really challenged each other to unplug and unwind and kind of just chill out. And that was absolutely 
amazing, like magical. And I know that those big trips are really cool and really fun, but it doesn't have to be big trips. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate or luxurious. It can be small free things that are play, like dancing in your living room, or if you have a few bucks, like going to a dance class, that's actually something that terrifies me and that I want to do in 2019. Or something else, you could like invite your girlfriends over for a movie night, go play in the park and do some cartwheels. Like there are so many ways to just play and be a child and just unplug from all your responsibilities and stuff. And play just really restores your energy, your creativity, your motivation. So if those things are lacking for you, try incorporating more play into your life. And I promise you, they will start coming back. It's absolutely just so life-giving. And again, I'm super achievement focused and super goal oriented. And this year I've learned that it's okay to do stuff just because it's fun. Like not everything needs to be productive. Not everything needs to be serious. You can just do stuff simply because it's fun. Along that same line, lesson number five is it's not that serious. And that is literally my life motto. And probably if I had to choose something to get tattooed on my body right now, it would probably be it's not that serious because I seriously remind myself of that at least once, twice, three times a day. And that's because I have a tendency of taking shit too seriously. I have a tendency of just getting worked up over stuff that doesn't really matter. And then at that point, life just isn't really fun anymore. (laughs) And I have realized that 99% of the stuff that I tend to get worked up about literally won't matter in five years. You know, the rule, like don't spend more than five minutes on something that won't matter in five years, that whole thing. Like everything is a lesson anyway, right? So even if it is serious, it can be a lesson and it can help you. But I just think it's not that serious. Life can be fun. Life can be playful. Life can be a lesson, but it doesn't have, like not everything needs to be the end of the world. We don't need to always get be getting mad about stuff, anxious, upset, worried. Like just let stuff flow. And I, like this is a huge lesson for me because again, I I'm a perfectionist. I'm achievement-based. And so I want everything to go my way, but not everything's going to go your way. And that's okay because it's not that serious. Number six, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And this has been something that I've been working on for a while, but 2017, I put that into practice a lot more than ever before. And you just, it comes down to the fact that you can't be scared to put yourself out there because the worst case scenario is if you ask and they say no, you just stay where you are, right? So for me, I worked a lot on reaching out to people, asking brands to work with me, asking for podcast guests that I thought were like too big for the show or too cool for me or whatever, or putting myself out there for business opportunities or asking people to do things with me, like even asking friends to come on a trip with me or something like that. Like if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And you can't let the fear of rejection keep you from asking, right? Because best case scenario, it could change your life. Worst case scenario, they say no and you stay in the same place, right? So again, number six, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Lesson number seven is that asking for help isn't weak. So 2018, I struggled a lot with anxiety, feelings of unworthiness, and just being down. Like I kind of went through a few seasons of just not feeling myself, feeling very down, feeling very low vibration, and just down and low and blah. And 
It took me a while to ask for help, but once I did ask for help, it made all the difference and I was able to bounce back so much faster because I knew I wasn't alone. I knew I had people supporting me. I had people kind of pulling me out of my slump and that just was a game changer, obviously. And I have this weird complex of thinking that I'm a burden to my friends and my family. Like, it's especially weird to think that about your friends because they choose to be in your life, right? Like your family's kind of stuck with you, but they're supposed to love you unconditionally. And then your friends, like they don't even have to be your friend. They choose to be your friend. But I just have this weird complex thinking that I'm a burden to my friends and my family when I would never think that about them. Like I would love for my friends to come with me with their problems. I would love to support them through their hard times because I know that they would do the same for me, yet I still feel weird asking for it. And I even went so far as to like ask my friends if they thought it would be a burden if I asked them for help. And they're like, oh my God, no, I wish you would because like everyone struggles, but you bottle everything up and we can't help you. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. That is true. And so my friends kind of made me just promise that I would show up and ask for help instead of just permitting and disappearing. Because what happens is when I'm having a low point and I don't ask for help, I just kind of keep everything to myself and then I go ghost. Like I don't reply to anyone's texts. I don't do anything because I'm like, well, I can't show up as my usual positive, happy self. So I should just not show up instead of burdening them with my negativity or whatever story I'm telling myself. And that's just such bullshit because the people in your life are there to support you. Like none of us can survive alone. Like we're not an island, right? We are all connected and we can all help each other and we all need help. And again, I would love for my loved ones to come to me for help. So I've just learned this year that asking for help isn't weak and that's something that I still need to work on a lot because I don't think that story that I tell myself is completely gone, but I'm so much more aware of it now and have practiced a lot about asking for help and just being like, hey, you know what? I'm going through a tough time. Please, please help. SOS. <laughs> Lesson number eight is building walls keeps bad things and good things out. So if you didn't know this, I got bullied a lot growing up. Like I got bullied a lot about my appearance, about my intelligence, about how much I liked school, about my hobbies, just about like about my personality, about everything. I got bullied a lot. And then I also kind of grew up on the internet. I started my social media kind of brand when I was in high school. And so that opened me up to a lot of criticism as well. And between those two things, getting bullied from a young age and growing up on the internet, I built really high walls to keep myself safe, keep the mean people out. Like I built moats with alligators and there was like a drawbridge and a trap door. And like I was, I kept myself super safe. I got a super thick skin, built really high walls. And the problem with that is like, okay, great. I'm not letting anyone hurt me, but I also was not letting myself feel the good stuff too. Like I was keeping out bad people and keeping out amazing people. I was not letting anyone in. And I was just closing myself off so much to protect myself from the bad stuff that I wasn't experiencing good stuff either. So what happens is when you're trying to protect yourself from everything bad, you are shortening the spectrum in which you can feel things. So imagine your feelings as a spectrum and you take a chunk out of the bad side of the spectrum, the bad feelings. But you can't just take stuff from the bad side. So when you take that bad chunk out, an equally sized chunk comes out from the good side. So even though you feel less bad things, you also feel less good things. So your spectrum from emotion is like 
slightly upset and slightly happy, but you're not feeling anything on either extreme. And so kind of tearing down those walls, letting people in, letting myself feel bad stuff has actually opened me up to more joy, more happiness, more love than I've ever experienced this year. And so yes, it's opened me up to more pain and heartbreak and all of that stuff but also the most intense joy ever. And it's been super, super rewarding. So I super encourage you to tear down your walls, even if it's just brick by brick, like let people in, let yourself feel. If you're like me, you don't have to be tough. You don't have to be impenetrable. Not a good enough reason to use the word penetration. Anyone? <laughs> you don't have to keep everyone out. You don't have to keep all the emotions out. Like it's okay to feel, it's okay to be hurt, but it's also okay to let yourself feel all the good stuff too. Number nine, pets are the key to daily joy. And fun fact, growing up, I begged and begged my parents for a golden retriever. I just had like an obsession for them because they're so cuddly and goofy and funny and loving. And I had a friend that always had golden retrievers and I just wanted one so bad. And my parents always said no. They always said that golden retrievers shed too much and I would have to do all the vacuuming and they didn't believe that I would do it and all that stuff but I never let go of that dream of wanting a golden retriever. So I guess bonus lesson, never give up on your dreams because finally this past April, I got my own golden retriever. Her name is Rosie and she is the cutest little girl and the love of my life. If you haven't seen her, go to my Instagram, which is Marie E. Wold. She is all over there and she is my absolute pride and joy. And having this creature be so happy and excited for life is contagious. Like it just rubs off on you without you even trying. My average daily happiness has gone up like 1 million percent because of her. She's always so happy to see me when I come home. Even if I was gone for five minutes, she's always so happy when I wake up because she's like, oh my God, we get another day together. I'm so excited to hang out with you. I'm so excited for life. I'm so happy. I'm so excited to eat the same dinner that I've had every day for my entire life. Like she's just so happy about everything. And it makes me want to be more like her. And if you don't have a pet, I'm sorry, but you can also consider like volunteering at a animal shelter or a rescue. And that's actually on my list for 2019. Or you can like become a dog walker or a dog sitter or something like that. Like just try to get your dose of animal love. Or I mean, it's kind of weird to like go to a dog park without a dog, but you could go to like a general park and ask people to pet their dogs in Austin. Like everyone has a dog, it seems like, and people are totally cool with like letting you pet them and it's not weird. So I don't know if that's weird somewhere else, but here it's not weird. And I think the more you can be around animals, the better. And that's true for horses, any animal too. Like I ride horses twice a week and that always just make my heart so happy as well. So pets and animals are the key to more daily joy. Lesson number 10, it's okay to hit unfollow. And guys, we have this evil trap at our fingertips every single day. We have our phones that have social media on them and social media puts the comparison trap right in front of us. It's always accessible. It's always there to get you with his claws, drag you down and make you feel bad about yourself. And here's the thing. If someone makes you feel less than or unworthy or not good enough, hit unfollow, like literally just hit unfollow. Or if there's someone that you know, and you don't want them to know that you unfollowed them, hit mute and then their posts don't show up in your feed. Life hack if you didn't know that. Because guess what? You have to take responsibility for what you let in your life. Like that's no one else's responsibility except for you. You have to decide 
who is worth your time, who is worth your headspace, who is worth your energy and your emotions. And remember that saying no to something, hitting unfollow for something, whether it's someone on social media or something in your life, makes room for you to say yes to something better. So just don't be afraid to hit unfollow, hit mute, whatever you got to do, because your life is too short and too precious to let people make you feel bad about yourself. And those people don't even have to have bad intentions to trigger bad feelings within you. But usually, it's just a sign that you have stuff to work on within yourself. And you are just not in a good place to be consuming whatever it is that they're putting out. And that's okay, you need to protect your energy, protect your space and just hit unfollow. Lesson number 11 is that no is a complete sentence. N-O, complete sentence. And I think I struggle with this because again, I grew up on social media and when you are a content creator and when you're constantly putting yourself out there, you learn to post like 5,000 disclaimers and justifications for everything that you do to like clarify, to defend yourself before people can even be snarky. And you just learn to always be like justifying and explaining yourself away. And I learned to do that because if you leave holes for other people to fill in like Mad Lib style, those blanks will usually be filled in with the worst case scenario. Like people just make assumptions that are crazy and unfounded and not nice. And so I just learned to always disclaim stuff and justify stuff and explain it to prevent that from happening. But that's a lot of wasted time and a lot of second guessing yourself. And so what happened to me this year is that I let go of these old identities, these old beliefs, and I stepped into a higher level of myself and started living more unapologetically. And guess what? People got mad. Haters get mad. (laughs) And I faced criticism for it. And I faced, you know, gossip columns. And I faced anonymous Instagram accounts saying shit. Like I just faced a lot of people questioning and saying, not nice things, things that weren't just flat out not true. And that's because I no longer explained myself. And guess what? You don't have to justify anything to anyone if it feels right to you. Like all that matters is that you are okay with you. And so knowing that all of my decisions are in alignment with what feels right for me, that makes it so that no matter what anyone else says, it doesn't affect me. I mean, sometimes it'll get to me. I'll be honest, I'm human. But overall, like it doesn't affect me because I know that my intentions are pure. I know that my mission is pure. I know that the impact that I want to make is pure. So it doesn't really matter what other people think. And I can just go on with what I believe, whether that's yes or no, and let that be that. I don't need to explain myself. I don't need to justify things. I can just speak my truth and leave it at that. Lesson number 12. Self-compassion will always beat self-criticism. This basically comes down to the fact that you can't bully yourself happy. You know, you can't you can't hate yourself happy. And really, it comes down to the fact that all you can do in life is your best. Like we all have flaws, we all mess up, we all have shit to work through, and no one is perfect. So when you hold yourself to a standard of perfection and then beat yourself up for not meeting it, that's not gonna be a good life, right? That's not gonna be a good time. And a huge catalyst for this actually was my personal health journey and the turns that it took this year. So last year, I went from being the stereotypical fitspo with the body to go along with it, the lifestyle to go along with it, and everything was fine. 
But once I was done competing, my hormonal imbalances set in. I was diagnosed with another autoimmune disease. And those together really took my health and my physique and my energy and what I thought was my identity away. And I was really forced to look beyond that stuff and learn to be compassionate about the things that I never had to face before and things that I never had to show compassion to myself for. And after beating myself up for a while, I was like, this is going nowhere. I only feel worse about myself. I only am getting worse. And I realized that I wasn't going to get anywhere by being mean to myself. And that being kind to yourself will take you way farther than being mean to yourself ever will go figure. And I also like along that line, I made a lot of mistakes with my business. I made a lot of mistakes with people that I love with personal stuff and just life in general. And so here's what I do. Whenever I make a mistake and I am at risk of like self-criticism, the first thing is I remind myself that it's not that serious. See, you know, the previous lesson number, whatever, it's not that serious. Second, I see if there's anything I can do to make it better or at least do damage control. Like I don't just ignore it, but I just address it and see what I can do instead of running away or feeling bad. I just try to do something productive about it. Then I look for the lesson because there's always at least one. And if you can find a lesson, then it turns whatever mistake or experience that you're having into something meaningful instead of just something painful. So you might have made a mistake, but if you take time to unpack it and find the lesson, then you don't have to ever make the same mistake again, right? But if you just kind of bulldoze through it, brush it under the rug, beat yourself up for it, then it's likely to come back because more often than not, the universe is trying to tell you something by putting that circumstance into your life. So the sooner you can take a lesson out of it, the sooner you can move past it and continue your journey. Lesson number 13, you overestimate what you can do in a week and underestimate what you can do in a year. Listen, I get it. We all want results now. We all want to lose 10 pounds yesterday. We all want to be a millionaire yesterday. We want to Amazon Prime our results that we're looking for. And that just doesn't work. Like I've like I said, learned a lot of patience in health and fitness, but it's still really hard for me in my business. I look at everyone that's like making seven figures. They had a huge launch. They have, they can, you know, go on vacations and their business runs for them. They're su- super successful. They have raving success, raving fans. They have best selling books. Like I see all these people that are super successful and I'm like, why am I not that? And I'm like, Marie, you've put in like three years in your business and these people have been working at it for a decade, like chill the F out, right? You don't build an empire in a week or a year. It's a long process. And same goes for like a killer physique. You know, people want to have a six pack yesterday when they just started working out and have some extra body fat to lose. They don't have good nutrition habits. It's going to take time to get there. If having a six pack is truly a a worthy goal for you, no judgment there, but you know, you're not going to get to a big result overnight, it's going to be a long process. Rome wasn't built in a day. So the main thing here is to do your best on the daily and that will add up to massive results. And that's why you overestimate what you can do in a week. Like we can't do that much with one day, but days really compound and add up over time. So like seven days together, think about seven sheets of paper stacked on each other. Like that's a little bit of something, but it's nothing major. Like you could definitely put a staple through it. But if you stack up 365 sheets of paper, that's a fat stack. Like you definitely cannot staple that. That really, really adds up. So take it one day at a time and you'll be shocked at what you can do in a year. But you also have to understand that a week isn't that long. Like a week flies by so, so fast. And so you won't probably accomplish as much as you think you can, but you'll go a lot farther if you take it a day at a time. 
Lesson number 14, done is better than perfect. And waiting until you're ready or not putting something out there because it's not perfect are probably two of the biggest ways you're screwing yourself over right now. Let me repeat that. Waiting until you're ready and not putting things out there because it's not perfect are probably two of the biggest ways you're screwing yourself over right now. Because the enemy of success is perfection. If you are waiting to have things perfect, if you're waiting to feel perfectly ready, you're not going to get anything done. And I've really adopted that mindset this year. For example, I launched this podcast with no previous interview experience. And across the course of my fitness journey, I've learned to do my best without being attached to perfection. And the thing with like expecting perfection is that when you hold yourself up to a standard of perfection, you are instantly setting yourself up for failure before you even start. Because as soon as you don't meet that standard, you give up. You're like, oh, well, I wasn't perfect. So I guess it doesn't matter. Right. But what happens with that is like you're trying to live in black and white. So white is perfection. White is success to you. And then black is nothing. And so if you can't be white, you're black. So here's the thing. Success is not black or white. Like getting things done, making progress is not a black or white thing. It's a gray area. Like you're never going to be perfect and you should also never allow yourself to give up, but you should allow yourself to live in the gray area and try to work toward improvement, but you're never going to make perfection and you should just accept that. So success happens in the gray area and you just have to remember that doing stuff and getting something done, getting something checked off is so much better than waiting until the perfect time, waiting, 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 and then probably never doing it because you're afraid that it's not going to be perfect. Lesson number 15, we're almost there guys, is that real recognize real. And this relates to what I said earlier about facing criticism. So remember that when you put yourself out there, when you step up, when you push your boundaries, there absolutely will be negativity, no doubt about it. There will be people who don't like you for whatever reason, but you can't let those people stop you from living your life. Know that the people who want the same things in life as you do, the people have the same values, the people who are going the same places as you, they are going to be looking for the best in others and will support you. But if people are looking for reasons to be hateful, then they will always find one. Whether it's real or not, they will always find a reason to be hateful and bring you down. And you can only look at that negativity as a reflection of them and the state that they are in. And remember, there's a difference between tough love and someone who truly knows you saying that, hey, maybe you should reconsider. Maybe this isn't a good choice for you. You know, like I've had my friends call me on shit before and that is so appreciated. Remember, there is a difference between tough love and someone who truly knows you saying that, hey, maybe you should reconsider. Hey, maybe that's not the best idea. Or hey, this is not you acting in your highest self, right? There's a difference between that versus someone who doesn't even know you, making assumptions, judging you, passing judgment. There's a huge difference between that and just remember that like the only opinions that really matter are the people that know you, that see you and understand your vision because there will always be people that judge you if you are getting outside your comfort zone and pushing the limits, right? Lesson 16 is that daily rituals are the difference between a good life and a great life. And two quotes for this that I really like are that you are what you repeatedly do and that your habits determine your character and your character determines your destiny. 
A huge example of this in my own life is that when I have my morning routine locked down and when I have all my healthy habits in place going on, I feel freaking amazing and my life reflects that. Like I'm super productive, I'm happy, I am fun to be around, I'm having a good time, I'm not stressed, like I'm just living my best life. But when I get lazy about my routines and my habits, everything is kind of blah, I lose clarity, I lose motivation, I just lose myself, I'm not acting as my highest self, I'm not feeling good. And so it's so important to keep those habits and those rituals and routines a high, high, high priority because that sets the standard for everything else. And some of the habits that really set the tone for how I personally want my days to be, and remember your days make up your life, remember, like you need to make the most of each day in order to live a great life. And so some things that I like to incorporate into every day are waking up early, choosing nutritious foods, moving my body, feeding my mind with positivity, making and sticking to a schedule is huge for me, as well as taking time for myself, go back to play and recharging and all of those things. So when those habits and those rituals are in place in my life, I'm a happy human, I'm making progress, I'm working towards my goals, I'm being productive, I have clarity, everything is flowy and nice. But when I don't have those rituals locked down, I am grumpy, I am unproductive, I'm not fun, I am just not living my best life. So get those rituals locked down and you will discover the difference between a good life and a great life. Number 17, we're in the home stretch. Staying true to yourself is the only way. It's the only way to attract the right people, attract the right circumstances, and attract the right lessons, right? And so I spent a ton of time learning about myself this year. I didn't really know what staying true to myself really meant because, again, I had all these fake layers to my identity. I was a bikini competitor. I was a fitspo. I was a social media person. I was a content creator. I was a student, a volleyball player. So I was making an identity out of all these things that I did instead of figuring out who I really am. And so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out who I am this year and what staying true to myself would even mean. And so that means I was learning and trying on a lot of new ideas, see learning, <laughs> listening to podcasts, reading books, all those things, having new conversations. I took a lot of personality tests and studied my own personality. That was super enlightening. I got a therapist and started really peeling back the layers and diving into myself this year. And that's been really helpful at just identifying what healthy aspects of my personality exist, what unhealthy aspects of my personality exist, and where I live in between those. And also just sitting with myself and facing shit instead of always numbing out. Instead of anytime I get uncomfortable with what's going on, I grab my phone or go do something else, or just avoid whatever's going on inside, I have learned to really tune in instead of numbing out and figure out what is really going on, who I really am. Meditation has really helped with that. And so now that I have gone through the process of learning more about who I am and what staying true to myself looks like, I can now act in alignment with that. Am I 100% like I know exactly who I am? I like have my soul mapped out? No. But I'm way farther and now I can act more in alignment than ever before. And when you don't have that clarity, it's hard to make decisions clearly and it's hard to attract the right things into your life. So like, I don't even know what the right things would look like if they hit me in the face, right? And so when you have clarity, it's so much easier to make decisions and see a clearer path. And that doesn't mean that you instantly have it all figured out, but you at least are a lot better at figuring out what the next step is. 
So again, that was number 17. Staying true to yourself is the only way to attract the right people, the right circumstances, and the right lessons. Last but not least, when in doubt, practice gratitude. That's number 18. You guys didn't think I would get through this whole list without including gratitude, did you? I would never. Guys, come on. Gratitude really, as you know, if you are a listener of this podcast, you know that gratitude shifts you from any feelings of negativity or lack or pessimism to feelings of positivity and abundance and hopefulness. And on my worst days of 2018, gratitude never failed to brighten them. Let me repeat that. On my worst days, gratitude never failed to brighten them. Even if it was just 5%, it's still worth doing, right? So gratitude will shift you. It will change your life. It will teach you how to see the best. It will teach you how to live in a place of abundance and operate from a place of abundance and optimism and hopefulness. And so when in doubt, practice gratitude. My daily gratitude practice, other than just stopping and, you know, smelling the roses, so to speak, being grateful. Right now I can see the sunset as I'm recording this out my window. It's absolutely beautiful. Texas sunsets are next level if you've never seen them. And so, you know, being like, wow, I'm really grateful for that sunset. Nature is freaking beautiful. But I also have a morning gratitude practice of writing in my gratitude journal. I write three things that I'm grateful for that I'm currently experiencing. So it might be I'm grateful for the sunset. I'm grateful for my puppy Rosie. I'm grateful for my home. And I describe those things in detail. Like I really write enough to make me feel the way that those things make me feel. And then I also write one to three things that I'm grateful for that I'm not yet experiencing. So I'm manifesting them. So let's say I want to buy a house soon. Then I would say I'm grateful for my new home that's in a beautiful, safe neighborhood. My home is spacious and bright and has a gorgeous backyard that my dog can play in. You know, so you need to practice gratitude for what you are currently experiencing. Yes, but also what you want to be experiencing. And that's how you attract it into your life. Remember, go back to stay true to yourself to attract the right things. Gratitude is a huge, huge part of that. And really last but not least, I am so grateful for you listening. And I want to thank you for an absolutely incredible year. This was the best year yet in terms of my business, in terms of my content creation stuff, in terms of connecting with you guys. And it is really because of you that I get to do what I love every single day. And I can never say thank you enough for that. The gratitude there is so, so strong. And I hope you know that. I can never say it enough. But, you know, I'll try. (laughs) So to recap really quickly, the 18 lessons I learned in 2018 were, number one, your environment is everything. Two, seek discomfort. Three, time spent learning is never wasted. Four, play isn't optional. Five, it's not that serious. Six, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Seven, asking for help isn't weak. Eight, building walls keeps bad things and good things out. Nine, pets are the key to more daily joy. 10, it's okay to hit unfollow. 11, no is a complete sentence. 12, self-compassion will always beat self-criticism. 13, you overestimate what you can do in a week and underestimate what you can do in a year. 14, done is better than perfect. 15, real recognize real. 16, daily rituals are the difference between a good life and a great life. 17, staying true to yourself is the only way. 18, when in doubt, practice gratitude. 
Guys, this year has not been without its struggles, let me tell you, but overall, it's been full of love and lessons, and I know that 2019 holds unlimited potential for us. Brainstorming this episode really helped me process everything that went down in 2018, and it took me quite a while to really just like narrow it down and remember everything that happened. So I encourage you to take some time to do the same, reflect and work through your year, figure out what the lessons you learned were, figure out what the highs and lows were and what you can take away from those, and then set some intentions for 2019. That's my next step, and I'm hoping to share those intentions with you over social media. So be sure to come find me on Instagram, which is Marie E. Wold, again, M-A-R-I-E-E-W-O-L-D. And then I'm also on YouTube, and I post a new video every week, and that is youtube.com slash Marie Wold. Thank you again for being here. I will talk to you in 2019. That is so weird to say, but I'll talk to you then. And thank you again for tuning in. Bye. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave a short review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you. So your feedback matters. Plus, it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends.